everyone to another episode of the Adeptus Ridiculous Podcast. My name is DK Diamantes, my co-host is Bricky, and we're going to be learning a lot of fun stuff about Warhammer 40k today. But before we do, if you enjoyed today's podcast, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Adeptus Ridiculous, where you can get access to our Discord, bloopers if they happen, uh, the HD poster tier is $15, so if you want that maybe consider patreon.com slash adeptus ridiculous and bricky how about uh book club and other merchandise related stuff well first things first happy new year oh yeah it's 2023 how can i forget yeah the new year is here and i've already ruined it so 2024 will be my year how have you already ruined this year what happened i woke up Oh, got him. That's a shame. Yeah, you were you you play you play Destiny too, so the year's already ruined, right? Yeah, basically. So, um, I wanted to uh, extend a giant thank you to all of our fans who uh, support us during our gigantic end of the year merch sale. Uh, there were many a posters being purchased. They have all the all the Black Friday ones have ceased production now. Uh, however, if you do go to the site at orchidate.com, they will you might still see a couple of them up and that those are any of the extras that we had to produce in order to meet the demand. You know, we would like put in like 10 or something and oh, maybe yeah, would, yeah. like so we maybe have like two, three left of certain ones and if you don't see it then we are out out. So if you missed it and you're like, "Oh crap, I want to see if they maybe have one or two left." You can go ahead and check. Uh, but if it's not there, then that means it is out. Um, oh, we did restock the dice, though. The dice are back. If you oh. want to check out the dice, there is more dice. Okay. So uh, if you want to see if you missed one and there's like a little a, a spare, go ahead. And if not, well, it was a wonderful time. It was a wonderful year. And thank you very, yeah. very much for your excellent, excellent support. All right, DK. Luckily for you, you will not be... Oh, yeah, book club. Uh, Bellasari is called a great work. Uh, all right, DK. <laughs> DK. Yeah. You will not be made fun of today. Well, that's not true. You will not be made fun of in this next 25 seconds because I do not have a quote that you will forget. Emperor's children. He did it. He Let's did go. it. Let's go. Here You're we the go. the man now, dog. Yes. I <sighs> mean, would you, would, you, would you like a quote anyway? Absolutely, I would still like a quote. Shy, you son of a bitch. That was the quote I had. That was the oh. one I had. Fuck you. Oh, Push your giga no. Chad Ogren down. That's, All right. I, oh. Luckily for me, I have two. Oh, I came. You came, I came prepared. Pre I came prepared. Wow. All right. <clears throat> There is a tragedy in perfection, as the ancient philosophers were wont to say, it is doomed to fail, to become imperfect. The more tightly it is grasped, the more imperfect it becomes. The fall of all those who turned against us are all bitter tragedies in their own right, but the fall of the emperor's children is a tragedy in the greatest and oldest sense. Their tragedy is not that they fell from perfection, but that it was never in their power to attain it, for they were always flawed, broken things. They reached for a distant light that would forever be out of their grasp, and in reaching, they fell so far that the flawed magnificence they had so painfully achieved would rot in our memories. 
The flaws were there, my lords. They were always there. We were blind to them. Now we must see both the glory that was and the ruin it became. We have that duty. Malkador the Sigilite. Whew. That is that is a quote and a half. It's a long one, but it's uh it's an interesting statement. Malkador yeah. once again being the smarty pants. Yep, he he is indeed the smarty pants. They tried to be perfect, but they they never they were never perfect. They were always They never flawed. truly could be. Mm-mm. So, uh for those of you who are watching and missed it, our last episode was on Fulgrim, the Phoenician, the uh the the fancy pantsy boy, the Maybe man who was uh, we okay. are now discussing the Legion itself, uh, the Emperor's Children, and we will talk only a little bit about some of their champions, mainly about Bile, a little bit of Lucius, um, but Bile will most, well, will not most likely, will get an episode to himself in the future, oh, yeah. because if, when you literally take this Chaos Space Marine Codex, it's like, who do you want to play as? Black Legion. Iron Warriors, Alpha Legion, etc. And then one of them is literally creations of Bile. Like oh, he has his wow. own faction. Could you can you actually play as the that's not actually like a playable Like you just play as the creations of Bile? Really? He is an entire faction along with like Night Lords and etc. Creations wow. of Bile. Now he has a, a few fewer rules than the other th- of them do, but basically the units are like faster and hit stronger and stuff because he's tinkering with them. Ah, uh, yes, he's make he's trying to make them genetically perfect. Yeah, By- Bile Bile has a whole lot going on to him, and he actually uh, plays a pretty integral role in the Emperor's Children's Fall. Ah, oh, so, okay, it's interesting. If I'm also not mistaken, he also like doesn't believe demons exist. I'm pretty sure he looked at a demon and was like, yeah, you're not real. You're just like warp (laughs) energy. I don't believe in you. Gods are stupid. And I'm like, damn. I was going to say, how how can you be in the Emperor's Children, a Chaos Space Marine faction, and not believe in demons? Like, what? How is that possible? He thinks they're just warp energy. And and they don't actually like exist. Like God, he's like atheist. Oh. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing heavily. Right. I, I'm right, paraphrasing right. heavily. But all I'm saying is that the B in bile stands for based. Uh, Emperor's children. They are the third legion we discussed. They are from the homeworld of Kimos. The Primarch is Fulgrim. Their war cry is <laughs> "Children of the Emperor" or "Death to his foes," or in more particular recent terms, "For the Emperor." In a mocking fashion to trick the populace of the worlds they attack, which is still that. fucking hilarious. That's that's one of my favorite things about Emperor's Children is that they still say for the Emperor because mm, mm, just that mm. little extra salt in the wound. It's it's very funny. So there, the original Terran-born Emperor's Children, uh, way back when, were actually brought by the Children of Lords on Europa. Uh, Europa, the moon of Jupiter? Um, There were large noble families over in Europa, and they originally had a prior defiance against the Emperor that his Thunder Warriors put down. 
and in kind of like in a, in a little bit of like a Krieg way, in a penance for this defiance, they would give a large amount of their uh, offspring to the Legion. And ah. so eventually the Terran aristocrats followed suit with the European aristocrats. And these like firstborn children and stuff were there to build up the third Legion's main ranking youth. Okay. Um, if you remember, most space Marines are made at around the, was it youngest age is like eight or nine and oldest is like 16, give or take. Yeah. Very so, young. Yeah. So this basically you have to imagine the idea that what's a, what's like the, the, the British noble, like kid, like Papa, I have more porridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, papa, yeah, yeah. papa. Yes. So it was all around that age that they were taken, and oh. so creating this level of like this foundation of this artful warfare group. The foundation of the emperor's children was always steeped in some kind of fancy pantsy level of art artistry, but mm -hmm. in its own way because they were yanking the papas from the world. <laughs> Poor children. Poor kiddos. Yeah. Poor kid. Yeah, well, considering how, how uh, high the um, death rate of a Astartes is, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I suppose so. So uh, they were initially, the uh, Emperor's children, were sent to aid the Imperial Army, which at the time was the combination of the Imperial Navy and the Astra Militarum. Uh, they melded with them quite well, apparently, because they were very used to ordering people under them. Because <laughs> they're aristocrats. Because <laughs> they're aristocrats. <laughs> I, they were, hey, I mean, they've been trained since birth for this job, man. Let's go. These are the these are the Will Smiths of the world, and they were Ooh. and the Imperial Army were the butlers from. Fuck, what's his name from Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Uh, I I didn't watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air as a kid. To you be honest, you didn't watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I did not watch the Fresh Prince of Bel Air as a kid. I was watching cartoons, man. J I was Joffrey. watching Tailspin and Darkwing Duck and shit like that. Like, mm -mm. all right, it was it was Jeffrey or Joffrey. I forget how it's pronounced, but him, him. It, I, okay. I, I don't know how I don't know how you pronounce that. It, G, how do you say G E O F F R E Y? Is it Joffrey I'd or is it Joffrey. Jeffrey? Okay, say him. I, I I think they say Je yeah they say I think they say Jeffrey Je it, Jeffrey. Wow, Jeffrey. that's a long way to go just to let us know that the they are very underneath the Emperor's children. This is a this is a long bit, my friend. DK, let me tell you something about women. Something what? about women. What? How, uh, okay. All right. So, um, they originally were the only <laughs> legion to ever. That is a very deep reference. Please keep that in, Shy. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> All right. You know, maybe it's because they don't understand women. Yeah, it's chicken and winnigish. Um, I have no now, idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. Um, now they were the only legion at the time able to bear the Palatine Aquila. Now, the Palatine Aquila is different than the regular Imperial Aquila because this is the Emperor's personal standard Aquila. Uh, this is oh. actually because way back in the beginning, the Emperor was wounded in a battle by this like fancy vortex grenade. Mm -hmm. And the Emperor's children fought, uh, fought and died pretty heavily in this big noble sacrifice to save him and his custodians. So in order to uh, you know, appreciate that, they were allowed to bear the Palatine Aquila. Um, in fact, often oh. the third legion was picked by the emperor to 
serve as a diplomatic advisor or an emissary. Often uh, they were used as a tool in politics, specifically because, well, you know, mm. aristocrats. Yeah. So they're the only ones that can wear this. That's because in the in the last episode, you were saying something like uh, they were the only ones that were allowed to wear the uh, Aquila. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen the Aquila on on other space marines. But this is like the fancy emperor's Aquila. And that's like the ah, difference. But did you see the fancy Aquila in the Horus Heresy days? Ah, okay. Gotcha. If, if if we remember correctly, Talos in the Night Lord's book had a leftover salamander's chest plate that had an Imperial Aquila that they scratched out on it. But that is post-heresy. Okay. 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 That's fair. I, I haven't seen a ton, uh, or I, I guess I don't remember what a lot of the pre-heresy armor looks like, but okay. It, it looks all kind of samey. It's just kind of yeah. like swapping colors. Mm-hmm. But um, they had the the big uh, Emperor's Palatine Aquila on it. Fancy um, boys. Basically, the idea was that like while the other Space Marine legions they kind of bore the words of the uh, Emperor, the Third Legion was the voice of the Emperor. You know, and, and it makes mm-hmm. sense that they eventually had the name the Emperor's Children. Children. Yep. Of course. Uh, yeah, so, that makes sense now. It kind of like there was already the foundation for them being that way in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the Legion's gene seed, if you remember, had a big failure. It was trying to make its way over to Luna, and the ship had a catastrophic failure. Uh, They don't really know what happened. Some say it crashed and was obliterated. Some say it just simply disappeared. I have a theory that maybe it tried to do warp travel, and then then Zinch or someone was like, ooh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> because it was a way to set Fulgrim upon his path. Oh, the the okay. great game of Zinch, you know, it's like, oh, we take away all the gene seed, and then Fulgrim will like try to live up to expectations because these are the future. You know, you know Zinch bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Zinch future change bullshit. Yeah, sure. I got it. Which wouldn't have been so bad if the remaining major amount of gene seed on the vaults of Terra had not been hit by a massive blight. Um, The virus was artificial and could not be treated, and some think it was Xenos-related, but theory again, blight, chaos gods, Uh, Zeench takes the ship, Nurgle takes the gene stock. Mm -hmm. Really screws Ah. him over. Eh? It's a theory. It could just be a Xenos blight. I don't know. They some Could believe be. to be a Xenos, but whatever the reason, this basically destroyed all of the Emperor's children's gene seed. Ooh, that's no good. That is not a good thing to have happen to your Legion. No, and with that, the entire Legion slowly began to die. Ooh, yep. Because uh, there was no, there's no more restocking. Yeah, you can't and replace, then, yeah. And then luckily they found Fulgrim after that. Oh well, good, good for them. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. And life yeah. is. Um, yeah. they find Fulgrim, they can start making more, more dudes from Gene Seed. All the good stuff happens. So we pass all that part because I was in the Fulgrim episode. But mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. a little bit more about the Emperor's children in warfare wise, we mentioned that they were much more artistic in how they conducted their battles. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of always think a little bit like a, almost like 
maybe not Harlequin level of artistic because they're like this weird deathy dance, but you know, these are still space marines. But space um, marines. Are, are they kind of like the uh, oh, what was her name in Bloodborne? The sword dancer that spins around and everybody has a really hard time with her, and you really have to like remember how she moves about. In Bloodborne. Yeah, I thought it was in maybe was it in Bloodborne? Maybe it wasn't Bloodborne. That's Lady Maria, but that doesn't sound right. Do you mean Bloodborne? Oh, that was Dark Souls 3. Sorry. Oh, I get my Soulsborne games mixed up. The dancer. Up. The dancer of the Boreal Valley. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Dark Souls 3? Yes, it was. Oh my god. Yeah, it's been a time. Yeah, I'm getting my Soulsborne all mixed up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of think like that when I'm thinking like Harlequins or like uh, artistic sword dancer warrior type people. That's what I think that of. That's not a bad, not a bad way to put that. I, I mean, obviously, this is being done by eight foot tall dudes or seven foot tall, whatever, uh, in giant bricks of power armor. So it's a tad different. Um, <laughs> but they're more artful with their their warfare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Emperor's Children Legion believed that measuring themselves against their peers, against their others, was the way to know they were on the right path, like. If their brothers, not as in the Emperor's Children, but like a different legion, got a bunch of accolades, it would be twofold. It would be a wound to their pride, and it would also light a fire under their ass to do better. You know, the Ultramarines oh. end up there with 500 worlds conquered. They're like, God fucking damn it. And they no, try to do to it even more. We need to get a thousand worlds. So they're and, like the sort of upstart little brother that's always kind of, I don't want to say living in the shadow, but, you know, every every time Big Brother does something fancy, it's like, <laughs> Papa, why why can't I be like Charlemagne in, in football? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a little nice. bit. And it's it's this is exacerbated even more by the fact that their legion was tiny and dying at the time. Oh, yeah, there was no gene seeds, so they're, yeah, they're yeah, really they, up against the wall. They couldn't do nearly as much as everyone else could. Oh, and that man. made it just really difficult to handle. Being the Emperor's children and being that small and trying to hold yourself up to the standards of the Ultramarines that are getting just an influx of constant troops from Ultramars gotta be a, just a nightmare. You're n- I mean, there's no way you can live up to that. I mean, uh, Gillen was found decently after Fulgrim, but even then, like, the time it took to regain his ranks and really mm-hmm. get... I mean, yeah, it's like, hey, you're trying to be the greatest basketball player and beat out LeBron James after somebody shot you in the knees. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Like, it is... It, that's, that's a nigh-impossible task. It's really goddamn hard, and it created a ton of... Of jealousy whenever oh, you know and it made a lot of contempt for other legions because the emperor's children were you know the more i think about it, the idea of the emperor's legion uh, children being taken from uh young preteen uh rich kids the more i i start to understand <laughs> fair yep I mean, they were they were they were doomed from the start like once that gene seed got uh, messed up by chaos they were doomed like there is Mm-mm. And then they had to go fuck up the snakes. So <laughs> they had to go fuck up the snakes. 
so they're like, they also had this other weird vision where like the accomplishments and the achievements would like keep rising and they would keep doing more and more great stuff. Like Shy mentions there, there's a book about Fulgrim conquering a planet with seven Marines. Holy seven. Yeah. Which like, I guess, depending on what you're fighting makes sense because, you know, Marines are insane, but and, and Fulgrim, of course, because Fulgrim. Well, true. Then I guess they do have a Primarch, so that's going to make things a little easier. But, but yeah, seven I, well, Marines. It, it's the fact that, that the whole ability to do so is, is like that's him trying to show off, right? Yeah. Trying yeah. to do all the great stuff. But for the Emperor's children, accomplishments of the past mean nothing. Like, once oh. they do something crazy, it's like they, they will be rewarded for it and they're happy. But after that, like, all right, it's over. Like, we need new accomplishments now. Like, the uh, the oh. future accomplishments will be always more important than the past. Right, and so, so they don't rest on their laurels. So that's a good thing. Well, it also means they can't be proud of themselves, which is not a good thing. Oh, yeah, I guess that, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, next comes up the Laeran, La- I always forget how to pronounce that. We'll call it the Laeran. The, the, the war with the Laeran, the, uh, mm-hmm. the snaky people. The snaky people, the serpents, yeah. Uh, during this whole war fighting stuff, uh, we are introduced to Fabulous Bile. Hey. Now, his real name is Fabius Bile, F-A-B-I-U-S. But, you know, Fabulous Bill, Fabulous Billy, <laughs> the Billster. Uh, basically, okay. the uh, Warhammer's version of Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, but not at the time. At the time, he is a chief apothecary. So, you know, highest huh. medical man. Yeah, so he's like a doctor. He's literally a doctor. He, he well, oh. I was going to compare him to Variel, but that might actually Vareal. that might be okay in this day and age. But at the, at, way back when, yeah, he's an apothecary. <laughs> you know, he's just an apothecary. Post heresy, um, he can be like Variel, but right now, not so much. Not so much. No, he he was actually uh, Shai's photo of him there is is okay. There's some actually better pictures of him that make him actually look pretty regal and like surprisingly like normal looking. It's um, all right there. Yeah. As oh, opposed boy, to that one's not. That is very not one. normal in that one. As oh, opposed boy. to that one. <laughs> yeah. Is that a flesh coat? It, actually, it is, which is very yeah. unsterile. Um, oh, very. But, he, he might disinfect it every day. Maybe. But anyway, he discovered that the Lair Xenos species had actually done extensive genetic engineering to make their species, like, perfect. Basically, just perfect. They created even a caste system, much like the Tau, designed for specific functions, but the caste system was on a genetic level, like how they tampered with the the genetics. And so Fabius kind of believed that they were not so dissimilar in their approach in perfection. Uh, He thought, like, okay, what the Emperor has made here, the Astartes, is amazing, but this is simply, like, the first step like the first oh. step into the longer road of perfection, much like the Thunder Warriors before them. Oh, okay. And in, in order to achieve perfection, they must look upon themselves, look upon their own flesh, much like how they're horrifyingly re, redone and adjusted uh, when they're created as Astartes. They must mm-hmm. look upon themselves again to push that further. Oh, okay. All right. Also, a genetic caste system sounds kind of awful. Like, imagine, like, 
I mean, you're you're just you're just born a peasant because genetics. Why not? And it's like, oh no, I never had a chance. It was just this is just how I was made. This is in my genes, and it's like, oh no. No, it doesn't. But you know, it's fine because you're perfect. You're perfect for your role, I guess. It's true. You're genetically suited for it, so it's not like you're miserable. You're yeah, I guess. Uh, Shy so, ass, isn't it just like bees and ants? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess mean, it might. It might be like these ants, but I don't but like, know. But these are like self-aware beings that aren't like just bees and ants. You know, oh, yeah. These are like pe- yeah. these are people. These are people. 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 Anyway, uh, good old fabulous Bill is a pretty classic case of uh, road to hell paved with good intentions because uh. you know he wanted to enhance the gene seed of the emperor's children. He didn't know for certain, but he thought he just, he needed to try. He said imperfection would be how they fail the emperor. Oh. And so Fulgrim said, yeah, go ahead. Do what you want, basically. Oh. And then it all just went south from there because he was he was trying to do a good thing. He was trying to fix tainted gene seed, and then it all just falls apart, and it just kind of unravels and leads him down a very dark path i assume well it starts off with yeah the good stuff of us create perfection fix the tainted gene seed as said and all that jazz but then it became well what if we try doing this what if we try doing this what if we try doing this and then there's then there was the corruption of the layer blade that fulgrim had that was kind of wreaking Mm -hmm. its havoc on the uh, populace of the ship um, like, for example, when the Laeran War ended, Bile had more time to experiment. He was given a facility aboard a strike cruiser called the Andronius uh, under the command of Lord Commander Eidolon, uh, which to help, like, maintain Bile's secrecy from the other people. Um, now, Eidolon was not a big fan of Bile's methods, but he believed in the cause. And he said that he wanted to be first and foremost to be experimented on. He wanted the enhancements that was done to him to make him indispensable to Fulgrim, to make him, like, the right-hand man, Mr. Eidolon. Okay, okay. So, uh, Bile, as promised, did his uh, special augmentative surgery to Eidolon, giving him a tracheal implant, which, during the surgery, he wanted to it shit to stop, but Bile was like, yes for this dude, and Fulgrim was like, yes for this dude. So uh, what this was was this uh, mainly because it was this fancy pantsy layer tech, and I was furious that he was putting fucking Zeno shit in his body. But That's you know, fair, yeah. I I could see how one might be mad. It's like, what do you mean it's just Zeno shit? Yeah, okay. But he still put it in anyway, and this allowed him to have this like nerve paralyzing shriek he could emit from his mouth. Um, oh. Which one would argue is the first ever, like, proto-noise marine? Um, oh, yeah, I guess it would be. And it makes sense that they eventually fall to uh, um, Slanesh, because the silence offends Slanesh, and this guy's just like, ah, and paralyzes you. And, yeah. <laughs> this guy is like, ah! <laughs> yeah, you know. Ah! Yeah, excellent, you know. excellent, wonderful. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, he, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a wacky guy that Eidolon. Uh It's okay though; he doesn't last very long. Oh, uh, yeah. Just 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 so you know, he dies. 
Yeah. Ooh. All right. Well, what are you what are you gonna do? You know, you gotta break a few eggs and make an omelet. You know, what are you gonna do? Oh, there's a head being broken. All right. Oh no. So, anywho, uh, <laughs> um, anywho, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, I guess. Spoiler, um, I guess. So this is all now post the Lair War. This is all now post the sword. Fulgrim has the sword. Shit's getting free. They go ahead and do the Istvan three virus bombing. Remember, it's the two Istvans, three and five. Three is the, hey, guys, all of you who are loyal to the Emperor, go down on this planet to fight this war. And they virus bomb the shit out of them. Yep. Um, and Sneaky, and then Angron is like, there's still people alive down there. And he runs down there to kill Gotta them kill all. Gotta kill them all. The horse, no the horse is like, survive. God damn it, Angron. <laughs> so at, at this point, um, this is just setting up a little bit of Captain Lucius or Lucius. Mm-hmm. Um, of the 13th Company, he was actually sent down there with everyone. Uh, oh. This is Lucius the Eternal, the guy with the faces and stuff and the uh-huh, pride. Uh-huh. I like him. So he's cool. He was sent down there, but he survived the virus bombing, killed a, a traitor guy, and then took his um, headpiece and was talking to the people uh-huh. above and basically was like, oh, shit. And then turned on the fellow loyalists and murdered a shitload of them, and they decided to uh, accept him back into the ship. Oh wow! Yeah, so, he turned he turned coat twice. Wow, so, that is that's that's a lot of turning. So yeah, he, he somehow survived the virus bombing. Yeah, and a few then people he, did. And then he was killing traitors, picked up one of their helmets, and was like, "Oh shit, they traitors." I guess I better too, and he just kind of decides to turn traitor because it was the only way to survive, I guess? No, he was fiercely jealous of a fellow captain taking up all the defenses for the loyalists instead of himself, so he killed him in his retinue. Oh, wow, that is... <laughs> so he just got jealous and... and oh, okay. A little bit. That's unfortunate. That's very 40K, that's very Emperor's Children... Uh, to get jealous of someone else's uh, uh, deeds and accomplishments. So, yeah, that that unfortunately tracks. There is more to this overall, but yes, that is kind of the Lucius thing. Lucius is kind okay. of a f***er, if I'm not mistaken. He's a he's a real bastard. I don't remember like yeah. him being a particularly nice guy, even pre-heresy. Yeah, uh, just just from this little excerpt or this little story, he seems like a bit of a prick. Bit of a prick. Papa, why does that man? Why does that man get to lead the defenses instead of me? <laughs> you want to that... read the uh, shy's little excerpt there? Sure. He displayed perhaps sadistic tendencies early on, killing individuals he claimed were beggars and brigands that had attacked him first. He proved to be a poor teacher often scarring his pupils or cutting off an eye or finger in an accident. Oh, he, yeah, he's a, he's, he's not Rich, a nice guy. super ridiculously wealthy kids taken to become demigods. Oh, yep, that is, mm-hmm. D- does he look all, uh, is that because he survived the virus bombing that he looks that way and he looks all, like, his skin's all, like, uh, charred and leathery looking and stuff is it because the virus bombing or is that just like a chaos thing uh it might be him f***ing with his own head for because of slanesh chaos things okay because that both both answers are are possible 
I don't know yeah, at what point in time that picture was made. Yeah, I just figured the side effects of, you know, surviving a virus bombing would make your skin look a little funky. A little funky. Yeah. Okay. DK. Yes, sir. It's, it's time. It's time. When I made this, when I was researching this episode, there was one thing that I knew I needed to get right the most. There was one thing that I knew I needed to do proper. Okay. In the book, Fulgrim, uh, there is something known as the <clears throat> Maraviglia, or Mor- Moraviglia. Oh, all righty. I didn't realize we were doing word bear stuff, you know, with the Italiano sounding stuff. Hey, the Maraviglia, hey. Um, hey, hey. Shy, I will do my best not to get demonetized, but let's be real. If I'm going to do this justice, it, it'll be a bit rough. Oh, no. I don't. I already don't like where this is going. So this is in the book <sighs> Bullgrim, written by our good friend Graham McNeil. Hey. Graham McNeil, uh, if I'm not mistaken was the one who made the Ultramarine Demon Kilbasa series. Oh boy. Uh this is he already is going also deep hill. He is also the one who then left to go help write Arcane with Riot Games. Well, I mean, hey, there's there's, you know, so this could still pan out to be good. It's it sounds like it's going to be another Demon Kilbasa, but you know, open-minded. I'm open-minded. Let's let's hear it. No, no, this is this is better than the Demon Kobasa in the sense that it's still pretty fucked, but it's like it, it's it's tastefully. So hmm. on <laughs> the beautiful ship, Pride of the Emperor, Fulgrim's flagship, there is a stage. And this stage is La Fenis. Or Le Fenis. I forget okay. it's Le or La. Um F-E-N-I-C-E, you know, La Fenice. La Fenice. Um this is a ornate, gorgeous, enormous concert hall. A okay. gigantic, um, whatever you'd call that kind of thing. A concert hall, basically. Yeah. Auditorium, um, sure. Auditorium, thank you. Auditorium would be one way to put it. And this place is just fucking gorgeous. Like, it, it is the most beautiful concert hall probably in the solar system. Probably in the entire humanity side of the galaxy. It is mosaic floors and with concentric arts. There are wow. six mighty columns of solid marble in a dress circle with the balcony decorated with plaster ap- applique. Uh, whatever. Sure. There, are, there were brass cages hung with Xenos songbirds, brightly colored songbirds, adding their uh, music to the orchestra. There is a scent of musk coming from incense burners to the entire area, making it as humid as it could possibly be. There were colored lights and prisms and rainbows of millions of hues and giant stage curtains illuminating with this red velvet and decadence across the entire place with the ceiling carved with of a combination of serpents and naked humans alike. Wow. It That's is one immaculate ass auditorium. 
it is the most extra fucking thing I have ever seen or heard yeah. or heard written about. And these this, guys follow the Slanesh? No. <laughs> this auditorium starred someone known as Bekwa Kinska. Bekwa right. Kinska is immortal. She is a regular human. She is a fancy musician and composer who was attached to the 28th Expedition Fleet as a remembrancer. If you remember that from the uh, first heretic book, I think, of mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the people who the the historians of this day. Yeah, they they remember stuff. She remembrancers. was a, mm-hmm. she was a patron of her of uh, the arts and had many fans. Uh, one of the features of her to note is she had uh, long blue hair. Uh, she was incredibly attractive uh, for her ed- quote-unquote advanced age. I'm going to assume she was quite old, but had lots of uh, rejuvenate theory. Uh, or, oh, nice, uh, rejuvenate she's an anime serum. girl. Nice. Yeah, but she's like an anime milf girl a little bit. Like, you know, like a little bit old. Oh, man, now. See? Now, oh, now we're talking, right? I, I was on board before, but now you had my attention. But now, you, what's the damn quote uh, you, from? You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. There you go. That's that's what I was going for, and I, I screwed that up. But whatever. Continue. Po- post-funny image of Leonardo DiCaprio laughing. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, she was someone who liked seducing the young and the old. She was she was a beautiful, high-class artist. And she was one of many remembrancers allowed to visit the Lair Temple. Down, deep, deep down, but dedicated to Slanesh. Okay. And this and of course, the slow grasp of this Slaneshi temple took hold of her. Of course. And she and there was a beautiful music played from said temple. And she was inspired to create the grandest of symphonies she called the Maraviglia. Or Maraviglia. Okay. And this was the unveiling of said symphony. She right. was upon, on stage herself with this, uh, the, the blue hair all done up. Like, like, you know, she's like performing this this auditorium is filled with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of regular people aboard the ship, including tons, most of the Emperor's Children Legion. It's not most of, but like on the ship. Emperor's, yeah. Emperor's Children Legion, not in their armor, but instead in their training robes, all present to watch this play. Oh, boy. She I don't uh like her, going. <laughs> she had this extremely like scandalous dress of gold and crimson red with this thin material of stones glittering on, on her hair and her ears. Her shirt was basically, I'm pretty sure, basically see-through. Um of course it and was, sure. the, the, the whole thing, you know, it's very artsy. And 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 way up in the top was something they called the Phoenician's Nest, which of course was the box seat for Fulgrim himself. Of course. Along with two of his favorite captains, a man named Julius and um oh shit. Marius? Marius. Julius and Marius. Okay. Um, of course, when she when the curtain parted and she walked out. Fulgrim stood up and was like magnificent and was just <laughs> clapping like furiously with fucking tears in his eyes. Hadn't even done anything yet and he's brought to tears by her 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 beauty. 
by by her by her fucking perfection. extremely perfection gorgeous body and and everything whatever the whole deal mm-hmm. even his captain was like damn she hot which is impressive because space anime. marines don't have sex oh that's anyway. true yeah. yeah on the stage were these enormous instruments that each of the as all the people were tuning their instruments and stuff they were were string instruments and guitars and things like that with speakers coming out of them and amplifiers up and across the entire stage Mm -hmm. just ludicrous instruments and as the noise erupted from this orchestra from maraviglia it was deafeningly loud like yeah i mean if it's a if it's a tune that was inspired by uh basically slanesh i imagine it was just the most chaotically loud thing ever and the and as um uh kinska the remembrancer was conducting it herself there with her little baton and all that kind of stuff um it was the first notes of the maraviglia were played out for everybody it started with this weird, like, journey of the senses, like, like romantic beauty, hints of other themes, the senses of emotion rise and fell, rise and fell. And he, the, the captain of the, of the emperor's children wanted to laugh, and then he wanted to cry, and then he was fucking furious. And then it was bled <laughs> away within moments, each and every single note and tone. And the wow. remembrancer, Beska, Bekwakinska, thrashed and thrashed like a fucking lunatic on the podium, just okay. jabbing and slashing in her hair, whipping around her head like this comet of blue. And wow. the captain took his eyes off the stage to look into the crowd. And upon the crowd were faces in just stunned disbelief, completely agape and agasp. Uh, except for this one douchebag guy... Nave Evander Tobias, who was like him and some and some group had their uh, ears clapped over their uh, or hands clapped over their ears as the music swelled. And so they decided to leave because they were just like these annoying ass people, mm-hmm. basically. Um, right. Leaving in the middle as, of a movie. What a jerk. In the middle of the movie, they started leaving and then scuffles began to break out. As him and his fellows were attacked by the audience, <laughs> and okay. f- fists started pummeling them to the ground when they were kicked and beaten by various people, and then a heavy, large boot crunched down on his skull, <laughs> and and right. curb stomped him into a paste. And then the entire audience turned right back to the uh, to the musician. Wow, that is that is oof, boy. Wow. So as it. As don't get kept, up in the middle of a movie in 40k, don't guys. Get up. Don't, don't get, get up. Sit your ass down until it's done. Eventually, when the music reached its climax, the windows or the um, curtains opened up for a nearly one-to-one recreation of the center of the Lair Temple in painstaking detail. Wow. And as lights and and tones and sound flashed up and down and left and right, the audience was immediately hit by this level of, like, dizzying colors and dizzying mental state. Mm-hmm. A uh, main singer, Coraline Asenekna, 
the the Godzilla. main prima donna began singing and reaching this harmo this harmony of ludicrous proportions. Like we're at the full <laughs> top level climax. Like you think the climax is happening, but the climax keeps on going and mm -hmm. keeps on going. He took his eyes off of the stage for a second, wanting to cr basically cry, and he looked down into the audience and he saw a Idolon uh, and Marius. One of the other captains, and Eidolon, mm -hmm. the man with the throat thing. Mm -hmm. And they were entertained in the idea of joining her in song as their eyes had this wide panic and their mouths stretched wide in this silent scream in an attempt to mimic what she was doing. And, oh. then, their, and then in their panicked eyes, their mouths stretched wider and wider oh. and oh, the no. bones cracked in their face and their oh. mouths distended like a snake. Oh boy, and, that doesn't sound good. And as he looked around, all of the other patrons began this like carnal fucking orgy. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, all right. Basically, yeah. <laughs> this. Oh, uh, hell yeah, Shy, you got the best part. Yeah, Click. Shy, Shy said we're leaving. A, a <laughs> we're leaving. We must. <laughs> that is yeah. one of the better parts in Event Horizon, sure. He looked to uh, Fulgrim, and Fulgrim's eyes were a wheeling depth of the darkest age of a galaxy. And Fulgrim wow. was weeping with his voice barely above a whisper, and he says, It's beautiful, as it shot Julius down to his fucking knees on the edge of the box. All wow. the people down below started beginning this primal sense of their deep-seated desires. Tons of the mortals just ha started having excessive amounts of sex with each other. And then the space marines just started pummeling and ripping people apart. It, it went from, from boning to murder and then back to boning again over and over. The Marines oh, would rip, would rip apart. <laughs> they would rip apart the bones of the mortals and scar their own skin with them. They would rip the skin off the people and then hang it like a flayed one on their bodies, uh, like a fucking shawl. All right, it was this just is, this, this is sounding more Night Lord than Emperor's Children now. But okay, holy jeez, it was just like like there was rivers of blood and people fucking in the blood. It was the weirdest. Uh. Most ridiculous thing ever. So it's like that episode of Salvar. Blood orgy! Blood orgy! Blood orgy! Right? <laughs> Blood orgy! God damn it. That's an old one. The uh, On the stage was that beautiful picture, that painting of Fulgrim, that was beginning to move and writhe and adjust in the canvas itself. Ooh. And, uh, and it fires blazing in its eyes and a shriek. And the the light began it began to like this rainbow color of light like a liquid mixing with the blood. And eventually oh. the main singer reached this crescendo of her voice in which she would begin to float above the sky or into the sky. And her bones would crack and twist in a manner that's not supposed to happen. Right. Every single bone in her body turned to powder. And as she landed Ow. down on the ground, she had a lilac skin color, only one boob, and snapping claws for fingers. Oh, well, that's 
Oh. It's, oh, uh, boy. She became a demonette, basically. Oh, boy. I, I don't know what a demonette looks like, but that does not sound like a pleasant experience. You... you never seen a demonette before? Oh! It's oh, a, that's the a lesser, demonette. lesser demon of Slanesh, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Oof, basically, that, that... she was basically possessed by a demonette. It basically turned into a Slanesh summoning ritual at that point. Hooray. Hooray. And then the rest of the singing uh, group all turned into demonettes. And they went up to Bikwa Akinska, the, the composer, and shoved the claw dead through their her fucking chest from her back. And yeah, lifted her aloft right. as she had this giant shit-eating grin on her face behind her blue hair. Yeah, that that sure does sound about right. Jesus. And then all oh, the demonettes were jumped off the stage and began shredding their way through the crowd. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, that's, Which, that's unfortunate for everybody in the building. Oh, it gets so much worse. Oh, how? Uh, the Space Marines were very angry that the music had stopped and they were trying their best to maintain it the best they could. So they jumped onto the stage and grabbed the makeshift wep uh, uh, makeshift um, musical instruments and tried to strum them. And as they <laughs> did so, the music was so powerful, it would destroy some of the uh, booths and boxes in the, in the uh, audience. And once they realized that, the, emperor, the Emperor's children turned it on the audience themselves, and the sound oh. of, the, of the, the instruments would blow the skin and body off and turn bones into powder and shred them into dust. Wow. Yeah, I, these, yeah that's, these, that's worse. Yep. These were the first ever noise marines. And the creation of the Noise Marines weapons, those rock guitars you see, uh, that's, that's where they came from. Oh boy, that is quite the origin story for the Noise Marines. That oh boy, that's a that's a spicy meatball. It ended with Fulgrim saying, "My Emperor's children, what sweet music they make!" As explosions <laughs> of flesh and stone. <laughs> Bloomed throughout Lefenis as Marius and the rest of the Astartes filled it with the music of the apocalypse. Wow. That's, that's uh, that is the Maraviglia. Oh boy, that is high. <laughs> Although the idea of this just amazing chorus ending and the music stopping and like oh my god we have to keep it going bunch of amateurs just jump on the stage and just start plucking instruments and and then they start like aiming that. it purposely at the crowd yeah that's oh boy and just that is what the emperor's children use as their main weapons now their mouths are distended to screech with through their vocal boxes much like eidolon uh, and they mm -hmm. carry around things called like blast masters and doom sirens and various <laughs> other uh, weapons that are instruments that were yeah. originally created and crafted by this remembrancer, Bekwakinska. Damn. Can you believe it? A fucking. So I got as crazy as it is, a blue haired e girl. 
was able to basically bring the final downfall of an entire Space Marine Legion. And you know what? I say based. Based. Capital B, based. So that's the why first they look letter all like... of of Bequa? It's B. B, B for based. So mm. that's that's why the uh, Empress children look that way, and they look all mutated and stuff, is because of uh, listening to the song and like having their mouths distended trying to replicate what the singer was doing? It's kind of the origin of it. Uh, a lot of it goes to Bile and his experiments as oh, well. Oh, sure. But yeah. if you like see that image that Shy posted, his mouth is a giant speaker grill that's far too large. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, and that's... so yeah, that kind of stuff. That it all horrible. It all kind of be Ugh. began with this play. Oof. <laughs> Every legion has its um, its like turning point. Mm-hmm. Death Guard had Typhus sacrificing the Death Guards. And having Mm -hmm. them all mutate and horrible things happen. The Thousand Suns had, like, the burning of Prospero. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know what the World Eaters one was. Can you think of a specific event that made the World Eaters the way they were, Shai? I guess the World Eaters turning point could be when Karn betrayed them and murdered a shitload of them. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Go, (laughs) Karn! Let's go! Anyway, this, to me... I mean, Slash was also very gradual, but this was, like... To me, like the 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 final turning point. Mm-hmm. This was the big. There is no going back now. The demonic summoning ritual play that they had. Anyway, that was really the big event that I wanted to give the most attention to because everything after that was just insane emperor's children shit. They they uh, began the drop site massacre, fired all of their insane weaponry upon their friends. Um, yeah. uh, and then the Horus Heresy, Siege of Terra came. They didn't even help. They just went around and... and <laughs> Killing civilians, yeah. Did horrible, horrible things to the civilians. Yeah. And took them and turned them into soup and then injected them into their bodies. And Ugh, there, there that's, is, that's there is a so common... Gross. There is a common thing that noise marines like to do where when they kill a human with one of their sonic weapons and they turn into a f***ing powder on the spot... They walk up to them and inhale the fucking ash so that they could really experience their <laughs> essence. Truly absorb the essence of the ones they've murdered. For a second, as soon as you're like, oh yeah, once they turn them into a powder, I'm like, yeah, they do a line of a human, right? And, and they and then, kind and of they, do! They actually, like, oh, let's do it. What do you think, what do you think like an Emperor's Children credit card looks like? Would they, would they make the line in the fucking club? <laughs> They, they do. Obviously they do a line a, of human. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, Crack cocaine they do a is line for pussies. Let's let's, uh, do, let's do men. Uh, let's do men. Oh my god, this is great human. Uh, oh, that, that Imperial Guard hits so much harder when you vaporize <laughs> the power pack of his last gun. Yeah. Oh man. God damn it! You you fucking you go to a new <laughs> war zone, right? And then you've got this you got these Imperial Guardsmen, and then this one Emperor's children. <laughs> he comes out and he's like. You're gonna have a bad time, and he cranks on Megalovania to the highest possible fucking degree, <laughs> strums so his guitar, and fucking 
paste some goddamn guardsman into nothing when you're hearing. Imagine that's the last thing you hear. Imagine being that poor soul that's like the last thing you hear is one tune of megalovania, and the next thing you know, you're getting snorted by a by a, a space marine. You literally you you turn around and you're like, what is that? And then you just fucking that's the last thing you remember. You don't all, hear all you hear. All you hear is doot. That's all you heard is doot. No, you you hear the sound. Him tuning the instrument is like Sans talking, like the It's the tuning. Oh no, I know those dudes. Run! Turn to a fucking powder, and then Sans come, and then Sans walks up to you, and then his his other emperor's children, Noise Marine, with him, named Papyrus, is like, oh, that's the good shit. That's the good shit. Let's go. Mm. Let's go back and do another line of human. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, try is a, a thing. You want to? Uh, you want to read it? Sure. Funny story about Eidolon. He really underestimated how crazy Fulgrim was and mocked him for shitty planning. So Fulgrim cut his head off. I'm assuming and had a nice dinner with Eidolon's severed head on the table, spewing blood. Holy sh. But then he was like, wait a minute, Eidolon was kind of cool. I changed my mind. Hey, Bile, fix him. <laughs> so Bile went, uh, I guess, and attached his head back, and Eidolon now, ha- now is a weird, shambling, zombie lunatic. Is that re- really? <laughs> that that sounds extremely accurate, and that, that, is, <laughs> that is so on base for Bile. I, I just find that so... I mean... <sighs> Ah, how dare you mock me and a shrink has a has a conversation with his severed head and he's like, you know what? Ah, I was a little hasty. Put him back together. It, it, it wasn't just a conversation with him. He he took the severed head and and used the blood dripping from it to mix with all of the wine they had on the table and then they all drank it. Of course he did. Of course. Of course they drank his blood with the wine. Sure. Why not? And, the, and then the door opened and then they heard... So... I don't. I don't think I can top. I don't think I can top this. This final statement. I don't think I can. I can top the sands. The sands noise marine. I don't know. No. I mean, everything past this is is pretty standard. They they leave after the siege doesn't work and Perturabo fucks off. They go and have a demon world called Harmony. And if you remember, we talked about this before. Bio tried to create a clone of Horus, and then the the Black Legion arrive, and then Abaddon kills him in like a one v one, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and. And yeah, and now they kind of are all going off and doing their own thing. Fabulous Bill has a whole trilogy about him <laughs> and a faction. Lucius the Eternal is a uh, insane like demon captain champion of Slanesh now, and uh, and Idolon is a zombie. And Fulgrim is out and about doing snake stuff. He stabbed Gilliman, and really, that's where we're at. You know, this episode is going great. And then once Sans Undertale got brought up, it all went to it all went downhill. Now it's now. Just like most Traitor Legions, it's going to end with a whimper because they're, the ending of it is just, yeah, they're around somewhere, I guess. See us next time for Rylanor episode, the Chad of Rights. Shy, end with Megalovania, please. Please. <laughs>